Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday service of the Free Community Church. Whether you're joining us here on site or you're joining us online, a very warm welcome to you this morning. Uh, thank you all for making the time and the effort to come together, uh, to gather together uh, for a time of uh, praise and worship, a gathering around the Word, and for a time of fellowship. As we begin our time together, can I encourage you to maybe take a moment for those people who are on site uh, to um, say hi to the people around you. Now that uh, we are getting um, you know, through the pandemic, uh, we've got to relearn how to socialize with one another. So please, um, if you're here on site, um, we'd love for you to be able to say hi to one another. If you're online, please uh, drop uh, hello in the chat and... Um, share and pass a piece um, uh, through your words of, um, of blessing on the chat. Um, as we come and prepare for a time of uh, worship together uh, on this third Sunday of Advent, uh, would you rise in body or in spirit uh, to join our hearts in the call to worship? Come in, come in and sit down. You are a part of the family. We, we are, are lost, lost and, and we, we are, are found, found and, and we, we are, are a part, part of the family. the family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are a part of the family, but we also know that the family is much bigger still. There, there are, are people we don't understand. There are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. And there are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family. Until we see all of creation as one big family. Amen. I'd like to invite you to continue to remain uh, standing if you'd like to, uh, to join our hearts and voices together with our worship team and praise to God this morning. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power your name is healing, your name is love. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. 
before I was made the world began you spoke it to life the spark of love you place in my heart and I will praise you for all my days and I will love you with all my heart I will praise you for all my days and I will love you with all my heart you are the answer to all my prayers the pain and the sorrow wash away in your name you are the candle that lights my way whenever I'm lost I can trust in your name I can trust in your name So that 
that you will come open heaven's gates pour down your great love let your grace prevail let your grace prevail open up my heart tear down these brick walls so that you will come so that you will come open heaven's gates pour down your great love let your grace prevail let your grace prevail Let us bring our um, praise and, and thanksgiving and um, before God in prayer. Holy God, in Advent, we sing about having open hearts for you to enter in. May we, by the grace of your Spirit, be open indeed. Make us open to the ways your kingdom can influence our decision-making at work, at school, and at home. Make us open toward the other in our midst, enabling us to see each and every person we meet as Jesus in our midst. As people whose hearts are open, we make petition this morning for your needy world. This Advent season sees once again a world of war and rumors of war, a world of violence that strikes the unsuspecting. It is easy, O oh God, for us to see why this world needs saving. But sometimes it is not so easy to believe that in Christ it has already been saved. Beyond the glitter and goodwill and cozy warmth of the Christmas season, God, help us define in Jesus' birth a true reason for hope in this present moment. And then lead us to be workers for peace, bearers of shalom, and agents of healing in this world. Here in this place, you see the needs and hurts of our members during this holiday season. Stand close to anyone here who struggles. Be with those who are traveling home 
and worrying about various issues that may crop up with family. Be with parents who are worried about the course a child's life seems to be taking. Lift the clouds of depression from those who have lost interest in life. Minister to those who have chronic pain and give them some relief, we pray. Lead to a better time those who are unemployed right now, who are worried about finances and who wonder what the new year may hold. And finally, grant that the coming weeks and months will hold new and good and wonderful things for those seeking a meaningful outlet for the gifts you have given to them. You alone see us as we are, Lord God, and so we beg for you to nurture us according to our needs, to minister to us according to our hurts, and to help us discern how to follow Jesus. But despite whatever happens in our lives, or whatever is going on in our various hearts and minds, still, we do adore you, God of wonder and God of glory. We worship you. We lay our hearts open before you. Come also to us by your spirit. Our hearts are open. And be born in us anew this day so that every day we may spread the increase of your peace. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty The earth rejoice on the earth rejoice You wrap yourself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at your voice And trembles at your voice How great is our God Sing with me, how great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. And age to age, you said, and time. In your hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end, the God hatred in one, Father, Spirit, Son, Lion and the Lamb, Lion and the Lamb.
For joining us today on a very wet morning. I'm glad for those of you who made it here, um, here physically. I, I think some of you braved um, heavy downpour to be here. As usual, we'll be using Menti today, and you can log in to menti.fcc.li/menti, and you can just, um, and that will bring you to um, the Menti page uh, for today. Will you join me in prayer? God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. We are coming round to Christmas. We are in the third week of Advent. And very soon, you'll be the end of 2022. And we look forward to 2023. But how do you feel that this past year has been for you. Maybe some of you think that 2022 has been great, and for some of you, it hasn't been so great. But what do we mean by great? How does a great year look like? Based on how successful our career has been, how much money we've earned, how many books we've read, how many places we've travelled to, how our health has been, how our relationships has been, how many people have influenced. What do we mean by great? And how do we arrive at these ideas of great? And I think for each of us, how we arrive to our idea of great might be quite different. What I mean by great might not be what you mean by great. Uh, what I may think is great might be mad to you. So, where do you get your ideas of great from? Where? Who? Fulfillment, beneficial, blessing, vibes, others' approval, social circles, upbringing, feelings of Accomplishment, surroundings, media. A lot of times, we are influenced by this idea of great by something that's outside of us. Comparisons with peers, media, newspapers, social circles, other people's ideas of success, maybe our parents' idea of success that's imposed on us. And then we compare with other people, um, we look to other people for approval. We look towards accomplishments or feelings of accomplishments. So, this often comes from the secular world. 
great is about being famous, successful, powerful, rich, influential. And we sang how great is our God as part of our worship set this morning. And the song opens with the splendor of the king clothed in majesty. All the world rejoice. All the world rejoice. It often reveals and reflects how we see Jesus today. But is that great from God's perspective? This is a statue of the infant Jesus of Prague, clothed in majesty and splendor. But clearly, Jesus wasn't clothed like that at his birth. And if we want to be historically accurate, Jesus was never clothed like a king. He was clothed like a commoner. Of course, we can't be putting rags on the statue, right? But we have to keep in mind that this finery and splendor we put on Jesus is our doing and our version of splendor and our version of great. God's splendor is rarely seen in what we make. God's splendor is often revealed in nature, in the stars above us in the night sky, um, not often in Singapore because we have a lot of light pollution. Um, when we see a rainbow or you know, when some of you might have gone to the North Pole and you see um, the aurora, these are things that we see God's splendor and God's greatness, not man-made stuff. And maybe we need to adjust our perspectives a little bit. We are having this <clears throat> upside-down Advent Christmas series, not because we want to be contrarian, not because we want to be smart-alecky. We are describing just what the Gospel revealed, what Jesus said, a world where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's upside down. Choi Mu Hong, associate editor at Straits Times, wrote an eulogy for Reverend Yap. And it was a very insightful piece because as much as it was an eulogy for Reverend Yap, it was also a theological piece that reveals her insight of the gospel. She wrote, the secular world and even some churches that preach a prosperity gospel is to aim for upward mobility. We strive for more. More wealth, more status, more glory. Reverend Yap's life was a study in downward mobility. After being a Methodist bishop, he moved on to pastor those ostracized by mainstream churches and some would say that such a movement of descending way, of the descending way, is a reflection of the true gospel values. Instead of climbing up, think about it, huh? God became flesh to descend to be with the least, the marginalized, and the trampled upon. Jesus wasn't born in a palace, wasn't born in the life of wealth. Jesus was born in a manger to a young teenager named Mary and to a carpenter husband called Joseph. Ordinary people. Jesus is God incarnate and God could have chosen a better family. If not royalty, perhaps born to a priest as father, 
But no, God chose to do something different. And here is an invitation for us for, to rethink what we understand as great. Too often, the values of the world seep into our lives without us even realizing it. Why do we insist on putting Jesus on the throne, crowning him and clothing him with splendor and majesty when God chose decisively to reject all these and instead chose a lowly family of commoners? Mary's proclamation, the Magnificat, is one of the most, there is one that will be deemed treasonous by the ruling elite at any point in time. She declares that God has brought down the powerful from their thrones. This is from Luke and the reading for today. Luke chapter 1, verses 46b to 55. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For God has looked down with favour on the lowliness of God's servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, and God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy, according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Is it little wonder that King Harold felt threatened by the birth of Christ? We've been taught being great means coming up on top to have power, wealth, influence, to become king. But that's how the secular world sees it. This is all about dominance, coercion, and control. But these are not God's ways. Do you remember the temptations that Jesus faced in the desert? This is Bible test. <laughs> what do you remember of the temptations? How many were there? Three. Those of you who just joined us, uh, you can log into fcc.li slash menti, M-E-N-T-I, and you participate in the quiz, and the results will be shown on the screen. And yeah, what do you remember of Jesus' temptations in the desert? Oh, sorry, wrong slide. Okay, I didn't delete that slide. This is the actual question slide. Then now you can answer. Mm. These are very important things to think about. Turning stone to bread. One. To jump down from a cliff. Actually, not the cliff. Um, you are correct about jumping down, but not from a cliff. It was from the top of the temple, right? I can't remember... Uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. Um, maybe that's an interpretation of the three temptations. Hunger, 
Well, Jesus was hungry, but was tempted to, you know, turn stone to bread. So, hunger is not itself a temptation. It is a feeling or a state of being in. Security, power, fame, power, king of the world. Stone to bread, jump from the temple and bow down to Satan and be given the earth's kingdom. Yeah, oh, this one, full marks. <clears throat> Very good. So, I want to focus on this particular one. Right? I'm going to move on. From Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give to you, he says, if you will bow down and worship me. We have to ask ourselves, when we are after power, splendor, and wealth, who is it that we are worshipping? Because worshipping God is about a life of loving our neighbours as ourselves. It is about serving others, seeking justice for others, and not seeking after all the things of the world and their splendour. The greatness of God, as Mary proclaims, is about God bringing down the powerful from their thrones and lift up the lowly, filling the hungry with good things and sending the rich empty. It's not about one person or a small group of people gaining power and wealth, but rather everyone sharing in the abundance. God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom upside down to us because it reverses what we've been taught about what is great and what we should strive for. God's greatness is revealed in the upper room the night before Jesus was crucified. Jesus didn't put on fine, splendorous robes. He took off his outer clothing, wrapped himself in a towel around his waist, and he washed his disciples' feet. That is greatness, at least from the perspective of God. Jesus asks his disciples, Do you understand what I have done for you? And how do you understand what Jesus did when he washed the disciples' feet? How do you understand that? <coughs> is it merely an act of cleansing? What did Jesus do then? Humility. Set example. Very good. Servitude management. I need to understand that a little better. Being a servant, serving others, serving one another, seeing them as equal. Jesus coming to serve and not to be served. Ending of a journey and beginning of another. Hmm? Jesus became the servant rather than a master. The greatest is the servant of all. Humility. Very good. Makes me feel very, uh, like, well done. Yeah. It was this act, Jesus washing the disciples' feet, that opened my eyes. Here is another counter-cultural act. 
I mean, it's usually in most, I mean, almost all religions that I've encountered, that it is the deity that's worshipped, revered and respected. In this situation, the situation has been reversed. The divine was washing the feet of the human. Humility and subversion of what we understand as power and status. When we have our foot washing during our Monday Thursday service, and my personal experience is that we have to first overcome a barrier within ourselves. First, to wash someone else's feet and also allow our feet to be washed. It is a barrier of ego. It is a barrier of pride. It's a barrier that we are running into because it runs into everything we've been taught. Our God is a God who took on flesh, and as one of the answers said, not to be served, but to serve. Jesus said, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have, set, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. But that runs against everything we've been taught. We live in a hierarchical society. Those who serve are considered lowly and people aspire to be served and not the other way around. We aspire to climb up, not down. We wash each other's feet on Monday, Thursday. But are we able to translate that attitude of serving throughout our lives? Because that is what God's greatness is about. It is about serving and lifting up the least so that all shall see the salvation of God and experience the love of God. When nobody is in need, nobody hungry or alone or unloved. Do this as I have done for you. God incarnated in a manger, because God's idea of greatness isn't a pyramid or a mountain for us to climb up to get close to God, but an upside-down pyramid where God descended down to be with us, to be among us, so that one day the valleys and the mountains will be flattened and all of us will walk together on the way. It requires us to see clearly so that we can let go of this pyramid. While I don't think any of us are at the top of the pyramid, I don't think we are billionaires in this church, we definitely are not the ones who are at the bottom. We can certainly think of someone else or a group of people who are below us on this pyramid. God chose to incarnate to teach us and guide us 
so that our hearts can be aligned with God's. And we become willing to flatten this pyramid because it means that someone below us can get raised up. Debbie Thomas wrote, No one standing on a mountaintop wants the mountain flattened. But when we are wandering in the wilderness and immense barren landscapes stretch out before us in every direction, we are able to see what privileged locations obscure. Suddenly, we feel the rough places beneath our feet. We experience what it's like to struggle down twisty, crooked paths. We glimpse arrogance in the mountains and desolation in the valleys. And we begin to dream God's dream of a holy, reimagined landscape. A landscape where the valleys of death are filled, the mountains of oppression flattened, a, la a landscape so smooth and straight that it enables all flesh to see salvation. I love this church because while we're as flawed as we are, certainly we are very, a very flawed church because we are human, we also seek to live, our, to live out our values and our beliefs. Here we have a mix of people from different backgrounds serving whether you are high up on the corporate ladder or whether you are working as a grab delivery person, you're welcome here and you're part of the family here. And I see a whole mix of people serving alongside each other, serving each other in the different ministries that we have. And we serve each other as siblings, as equals. That's living out this theology that we have. But we cannot just stop there. We also have, we cannot just serve each other in church. We have to go into the barren places and see what we have not seen before to feel the rough places beneath our feet so that then we serve those others who are not served. Those of you who have volunteered previously to, our, to visit our adopted wards in IMH who have experienced that. In our post-visit debriefs, there's a lot of reflection about the conditions that people who are residents of those wards have. What kind of struggles do they face? The isolation. And I wonder, is there more that we can do for them? Is there more that we can do as a society so we do not abandon the least amongst us into such places and forget? Those of you who have helped deliver groceries to the transgender elderly for our Team Up project will also catch a glimpse of their lives. And you have served them just as you have been served. And we would like to thank those people who, are, who did it, right? Some of you have acted like delivery persons for them. This is about serving. What Mary proclaimed, God is still doing. And God is still doing great things, scattering the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And don't imagine that these proud 
in the, their thoughts of their hearts, uh, those are the people. The proud with, in the thoughts of their hearts are also us. God is still bringing down the powerful from their thrones and lifting up the lowly. God is still filling the hungry with good things and sending the rich empty. And God is calling us to be part of these great things. Just as God is coming towards us, God wants us to move towards God as well, towards love, towards justice, towards compassion, towards this upside-down kingdom. Jesus said, Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. We sang, shout Jesus from every mountain and shout Jesus from every street. If we take this literally uh, for a moment, I wonder how people react to that. If we go to every mountain and just shout Jesus or we go down the street just outside and just shout Jesus, I wonder how people will react. I don't think that you'll be that positive. And why is that? Because I think shouting often is just shouting. What is needed is not just proclamation, but proclamation and action. Jesus isn't just a proclamation. Jesus isn't just a slogan. Even non-believers can see when we are Christians in name only. We only say Jesus, but don't do Jesus. Can we, through how we live, how we love, and what we do, through serving others, shout Jesus from every mountain and every street? Through our actions, demonstrate and testify to this Jesus that we follow. That is the kind of proclamation that we should make. The kind that people, even non-believers can see, okay, I know their values. I know what they stand for. And not just shouting and proclaiming and it's all hollow. It's all a show. Will you follow? And this is a very easy answer, or very easy way to answer this one option or the other. Will you follow Jesus' instruction to serve others? Maybe don't be too quick to press yes. As you press yes, this is a commitment a commitment for a transformation in your hearts, a commitment to a transformation in your lives, a commitment to shout Jesus through what you do in your life. That your life will proclaim Jesus even if you don't say it. When I was doing this, I was thinking, what if someone says Noah? I don't know. We're always free to say, no, I don't want to do that. But then we will realize the disjoint, right? 
we say that we worship Christ. And that means that we have to answer yes. Thank you. So in this season, I want to invite you to think and rethink what it means to be great. May we learn that being great is not by climbing upwards, but by breaking the structures and the barriers that maintain this pyramid so that we can follow God's example of downward mobility so that God's kingdom, where all are equal, all are free, and all are beloved, can be a reality. Let us lift this out in our lives. Let us learn how to be great. Amen. So one great thing that Jesus did was invite his friends, the ones he loved, to this meal. Not just at that time, but even today. And so we gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. And here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Together, God of mercy and justice, be, be with us. us. We lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love, because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy, of how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your justice, of how you gave freedom to the enslaved, opportunity to the outcast, and peace to the war-torn. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice. Like the prophets, the prophets who cried out to care for a widow, orphan, and foreigner. And those who provided food, shelter, and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us. Not only as gifts to be received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In, in mercy, mercy, he gave, he gave food, food to, to the, the hungry, 
With justice, he broke social custom and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that held them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him, he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There, he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, and then called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. And after they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But, but that, that wasn't, wasn't all. all. God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died. And his, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal, on these gifts of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. May I invite the stewards to come forward to help distribute the elements?
May I invite you to stand in body and spirit as we pray together. God, through this meal, we pray that your grace would empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example and your Holy Spirit as advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Pauline, for leading us in the time of Holy Communion and Miak for today's sermon. Uh, truly, the gospel is countercultural. And as we enter this season of Advent and we wait, and it's not a passive waiting, but we prepare ourselves also in the following of Christ's example as He comes into the world to be with us. Well, welcome again to the, free, the Sunday service of the Free Community Church, where um, free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. Um, FCC is an inclusive church, a progressive Christian church. Uh, welcome exactly as you are. And as you heard from the sermon, we endeavor to create a space of belonging for everyone, uh, regardless. Um, and I think that that's how we serve one another and be Christ um, to one another. So we're going to now come to a time where we're going to worship God with our giving. Um, and uh, if you are new um, with us, uh, before we get into the time of giving, I do apologize that uh, we would love to be able to continue to stay in touch with you. If you are joining us online or in, um, on site here, please uh, go to fcc.ly slash welcome and just leave us your details so that we can actually um, invite you to a newcomer session and also find out how we can uh, serve you and uh, help to you on your journey towards community and belonging. We're going to continue to worship God with our giving now. Um, and um, here are a couple of ways that you can join us to give uh, today. Now, before we come into a time where we take our phones and start, you know, preparing to, to give, uh, we have, I, I would like to encourage us around our giving this morning. So as Mia was preaching, I was reminded about one thing, you know, he, he was talking about this song that we sang, you know, Shout Jesus from the Mountain, uh, you know, Jesus in the streets. And I'm, I, I, that actually reminded me of a verse um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to re, uh, read it to you. And it says here, um, You will be made rich in everything so that your generosity will spill out in every direction. Through us or through you, the church, your generosity is at work inspiring praise and thanksgiving to God. So, you know, our generosity is really the expression of the gospel. And I wonder that these people who are actually shouting Jesus from the mountaintop, maybe it's not us, but maybe it's people in response to your generosity and the generosity of God's people at work. And that's what it says here. You know, when people's um, needs are met, their praise is lifted up uh, to God. And so I think here in FCC, and especially at this time when we are approaching Advent, it is an opportunity for us to express our generosity for the work that is happening in and through the ministry of this church. Instead of, you know, looking uh, at Christmas as the time when we get presents, how about this, giving this as an opportunity to be able to be generous and give to one another? 
So if you want to join us in the um, giving today, uh, there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, if you are online, um, you can actually scan the QR codes um, over there. You can actually don't make a donation to the general fund or the FCC building fund. Um, or alternatively, you can uh, give by credit card if you prefer at freecomchurch.give.asia. And for those on site, we'll have the ushers coming around in a moment. And if you raise your hands, uh, you can put um, cash um, into the offering bags. Uh, but before uh, we give, I'm going to give us a moment to prepare our giving and prepare our hearts. Um, and would you join me in a word of prayer as we get ready to give? Dear God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to gather together as your people, to be able to experience your presence in our lives. And as we reflect on the year that's gone by, we thank you for the generosity and grace that you have shown us. And God, now that we have this ability and opportunity to return some of that in our giving today as an expression of the gospel, as an expression of this countercultural world that you have called us to live into and become. God, help us to be cheerful givers so that when people's needs are met in and through the work of this church, they will lift their praise to you and they will be able to see how you are truly at work. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people say, Amen. Alright, if um, you are ready to give, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward to receive the giving this morning. Now, I've got a few announcements uh, for us this morning. I will start the first announcement around giving uh, before we get into, uh, as part of this upside down um, you know, sermon series that we're in that culminates at Christmas. So next week, um, and this is a little bit of a um, last minute um, thing that we are going to be putting together. Next week, um, I'm going to encourage us to bring any gifts that you want to recycle. And, and we're going to bring it together, anything that you might have received or you have got that you do not want and you cannot use and you want to, u- uh, to utilize that for others. We're going to bring it and we're going to put it into the room um, at the back as you are coming in. And if you, after the service, I would like us to go into that room and pick up something to then be able to be generous to someone else. Let's use this opportunity. We've got so much gifts and our cupboards, I'm sure, that are completely unused and they're sitting there thinking of one day, you know, I might go through the, the cupboard and pull everything out and I might go and organize that. Guess what? We've got a way to be able to help distribute the workload. Bring it all here and as we leave next, uh, as you come in next week, leave it in the room behind. As you leave next week, please take something that you think, hey, somebody that I know I can use this opportunity to reach out to and bless and be generous with this particular gift. So the work that you have to do, and this gives you an opportunity, especially around Christmas, is to take that step of being generous. You don't have to come out of your, anything of your pocket. Just grab something from the room and call that person, say, give me your address, can we go out for a coffee? Or, you know, especially those people, even maybe some people you don't know, you can bring dignity to them by really seeing them and actually giving them a gift. Um, so um, that could be people that you run um, by who has helped you the whole year in cleaning your block, for example. Let's be generous this, um, uh, this Christmas so that people, other people will proclaim and be able to see Jesus at work, not just in our 
words, but through our actions, they will then proclaim Christ. So that's what we're going to do next week. On the 25th, this whole Advent series culminates with our Christmas service upside down. So it's going to be on Christmas Day itself. We're going to have two services. The first service is a guaranteed broadcast service, live broadcast service. Um, it's going to be in English, and we're going to have a time of live caroling. There's going to be, you know, special items, and we're going to really celebrate Christmas uh, together. Great opportunity uh, for you to bring your friends uh, to here, um, because who wouldn't want to miss a free Christmas meal, uh, which we are going to host uh, right after the service at 12, uh, about 12 o'clock. So if you can ask your friends to come on down, you know, for the service, that would be great. Now, if you may have um, people in your lives that are Mandarin speaking, you can invite them for lunch and then they can stay for the second service, which is going to be a um, bilingual service that's going to be primarily done in Mandarin uh, with, you know, English elements uh, infused into it. Um, but we're going to have a bilingual service at 2.30pm. So for those people who are planning to attend the second service, great opportunity to bring your Chinese-speaking friends. And you start with lunch first, and then you stay on for the, the service after that. So no registration is needed. Just come as you are, bring your friends, and have a great let's have a great time uh, celebrating this Christmas together as a family. Next um, um, announcement that we have is, um, Miak has shared the importance of remembering the journey and looking at God's faithfulness and how the life of this church has not just impacted us, but also as a witness to the greater community. So this is the FCC 20th anniversary book project. Next year, FCC will be 20 uh, years young. And so we are going to be looking for some help to actually pull this together. We are recruiting for graphic designers and people who can do layout and illustrations for the book. And if you're interested in um, you know, um, volunteering for this, please um, drop us a, an email at info at freecomchurch.org or go and see uh, Pastor Mia. Next announcement that we have is uh, two volunteer opportunities. Um, you can see that this service, you know, whether you're here on site or whether you're on, uh, or joining us online, is really brought to you uh, because of the hearts of the a team of, of a large team of volunteers coming together to make the service uh, happen. We've got two opportunities to volunteer that we want to shout out right now. The first is the welcome team um, who endeavor for every person who walking through the door to make them to feel at home. And if that's you and you want to welcome people and that's your gifting, please look for Sean. His uh, mobile number is there or you can email info at freecomchurch.org. That's the first volunteering opportunity. The second volunteering opportunity is the children's ministry. And the children's ministry has been really growing here at FCC. And we really want to take care of the children who are in our midst. And if this is a, an area of your uh, passion and an area that you like to serve in, again, the, um, you can indicate your interest at going to info at freecomchurch.org. Finally, the last announcement that I have is for lunch khakis. And for those who are new um, among us, you may not know what lunch khakis are. We're looking for opportunities to, to, for people to, um, you know, to have lunch together. You know, community is built around fellowship. And for maybe when you're new with us, you may not have friends yet um, that you go for lunch with. 
Well, there's somebody who wants to be your friend and that's the lunch khakis. And today's lunch khaki is Gordon. Gordon is waving his hand there. So if anybody is looking for someone to have lunch with, Gordon would love to have lunch with you. So please go have lunch with him um, this afternoon and make a new friend. Um, so that's all of the announcements that I have. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, before uh, we have the benediction, I'm going to call Pastor Mia and Pastor Pauline up because something very, very special and then uh, we're going to have the benediction. So before we have the benediction, we want to invite Jay to come up. Um, today is Jay's last uh, weekend with us. As some of you may know, Jay and uh, his partner Griffin are moving to uh, Canada and we are very, very sad. We have been seeing a lot of our leaders moving around the world. Um, but we really want to thank him for all that he has done uh, over the years in FCC. How many years have you been in FCC, Jay? 2007! 2007, oh. so late. I thought it was 2005. <laughs> yeah. So we want to send him off with our blessings and our love and I want to invite Miak to pray for him. Right. It is a season of farewells as well. It's heavy. So God, we give thanks for this time, more than a decade, how many years, 16 years, that Jay has journeyed with us um, as a community, being part of this family, um, to the different places we have been, and seen our changes, and stepped up from just being a member to step up to lead. Who would have imagined him being a cell group leader? way back then. But God, as He stepped up, You equipped Him and equipped Him to serve and built the many friendships in this church. We continue to know that, we know that He will continue to be part of this family wherever He is. And though it is heavy, we also pray for the future in Canada, that he will find family, new families there too. God, as he spread his wings, continue to be with him just as you guided him here so many years ago. Continue to light his feet and the path ahead of him. And may your blessings and all our love go with him too. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And now will you rise in body and spirit for the benediction. Holy and loving God, you are great. But you may not be great in the way that we imagine greatness to be. You have showed us what it means that greatness means coming down, being amongst us in solidarity with those who are the least, the marginalized, the forgotten. And so God, help us to be your people who are great. People who will be willing to go out to love and to serve all those who need 
to experience and to catch a glimpse of you. May our lives truly embody your love, your justice, your peace and hope to many around us, especially in this season of Advent. So now go, and may the God of, our, of all greatness, may the God of all love, go with you both now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Please go in peace, and may the God of peace go with you. Have a blessed week ahead.